You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 189. When I first started coaching, I didn't necessarily realize the difference between being a quote coach mm-hmm. and being a consultant. So when I first got into this and I kind of looked at what everyone else is doing, I'm like, oh, I have to tell them what to do. And if they don't get results, it's all on me. And what I've now realized is no, 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 no. The very reason why your client is empowered to lose the weight or get in the relationship or get the business of their dreams or whatever, they are already capable. They already have everything they need to be successful within them. And they just need someone like you, their coach, to just show them what's already there. And the moment that they can see that, boom, they're on fire. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello, and thanks for being here. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, executive and mentor coach and coach educator. And I have to tell you that every single week, I am so excited to welcome you to the show because I know that every single week, we're going to talk about something that you can walk away with and apply to your life, whether that's to your coaching skills, your coaching business, whether it's how to engage in coaching within organizations or use coaching if you're a leader within your leadership style to be more effective with your team and in your communication. Maybe you are trying to figure out what is this coaching thing and is it something that I'm interested in engaging in as a client or learning to do to be a coach, you are in the right place because we explore everything coaching every week through so many different angles. And as we've talked about in the show before, coaches come from all walks of life, all experience paths that take them into coaching and they work with different client populations, different niches and different specialties. Well, my guest today is somebody I'm so excited to introduce you to. Reese Evans is a master manifestation and abundance coach and the creator of the Yes Supply Method. Reese is on a mission to teach the world the power of their subconscious mind and universal laws to create the life you're meant to live. Now, Reese is going to share about her journey and what led her into what she's doing now. And through her path, she went from working in a job that she wasn't even happy in to creating a multiple six-figure company where she can bring coaching forward and teach other people her method and the ripple effect through the world is just amazing. So I asked Reese to come today and talk about the self-sabotage that we can sometimes engage in with our mind chatter when it comes to engaging in the sales conversation, when it comes to talking about in you know someone investing their resources to work with you. 
And we ended up talking about many different things. It's a really rich discussion, but we definitely get into that mindset piece, that ways to break through the self-sabotage and things for you to think about if you happen to be in that place where you get all tongue-tied when it comes to actually asking a client to work with you. Super good. I'm really excited to introduce you to Reese. Let's go ahead and jump right into the interview. Reese, welcome to the Star Coach Show. I have been looking forward to introducing you to everybody. Thank you so much, Meg, for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. You know, what I love to bring to the audience is that there are so many of us who do coaching through different areas. Through We have different niches. We have different, different things that our skill sets match well with different audiences. And we all get into coaching through different avenues. And you have a really compelling story. So I'm wondering if it's okay to start with your story of what brought you into coaching. Tell us a little bit about your fabulous company. And I'm just going to sit back and enjoy as you sort of share your journey with us. Absolutely. So my story to get into coaching was very organic. I'm sure a lot of people listening have had a similar story because, you know, I was working in a job that I was not happy at. I was doing the same repetitive tasks every day. I would look at my regional managers and directors and say, if I stay here and keep doing this exact same thing, I don't want to be them in a few years. So something has to change. I didn't know what had to change. And I realized I needed to, if I wanted my life to look very different, I had to start doing things that were different. And so what I did was I started an online blog. And to me, it sounded crazy. I didn't know anybody who had a blog. But the big problem I wanted to solve was I was surrounded by a lot of really talented people, creative people who would say things like, I really want to be an entrepreneur, but I could never do that. I really want to be an artist, but I could never do that. And it would irk me. Like it would break my heart in a way because I'd see potential in people. I'd be like, but you could. And so I set off to essentially solve that problem of why do so many people say no to themselves, right? I, I think we can all think of times where the reason why we didn't achieve a goal wasn't because it wasn't available to us or somebody told us no. It was that we told ourselves no. We're our own big obstacle. We can. We have to be yes. our own cheerleaders or else we're our own biggest obstacles. And so I started a blog called Yes Supply. The theme was all about saying yes to yourself. And I initially started off by interviewing entrepreneurs who had found their passion and turned it into a business. So they could get paid to do what they love to do all day. I'm like, that sounds amazing. And what I found through, you know, and it's so funny because I started with zero resources. I didn't have a lot of money. So I would film my interviews on my iPhone, you know, and figured out how to start a blog all by myself, built it. So you had a video blog, not just even a written blog. You had a video blog where you were doing interviews with people who had said yes to themselves instead of no. Yeah, I did video interviews on my iPhone, prop up my iPhone in the corner and just cross my fingers and hope that it worked. (laughs) 
That's and, great. Yeah. And it was fun for me. It was a creative process. Of course, it was a lot of work and a learning curve and a lot of getting out of my own head. Like, is this going anywhere? Is anyone going to like it? Are people going to make fun of me? You know, all those limiting beliefs that we have. Right. And what I realized after interviewing so many entrepreneurs who were successful in their own right was that nobody gives you the big book of this is the perfect way to start your business. And if you do these three things, you're absolutely going to be successful. The people who are successful, they just decided, I'm going to figure this out. Even if it takes me a while to figure this out, it, it is going to happen. I've decided it's going to happen. And so that gave me a lot of confidence to just start sharing my opinion and my advice. I started building this online community that said that what I was putting out was changing their life. And how, And at that point, I had no idea what coaching was. And how I discovered coaching was one day somebody interviewed me for her blog and she had something called a Facebook group. And I was like, what is a Facebook group? Like I was at the time I was barely on Facebook and then, you know, was clicking around, joined her Facebook group and then saw this sea of coaches. And I was like, I think they're doing what I'm doing, but you know, they're actually serving people in a more intimate way. And they're actually making a full-time living off of it where I was just doing it as a side blog. I so, built the, a so it was sort of a hobby. Your, your community at that point had been a hobby because you're, you were responding to this passion that you had. Exactly. Yeah. And I had, I built a community, which now, you know, you know, having a community is so important in having an online business, but it was kind of like, I followed my heart. I followed what felt good. And then it helped me kind of take the steps to having the business that I was meant to have. Now, during this time, Reese, were you still employed gainfully somewhere else in this job that you didn't want to be in forever and yeah. doing the blog on the side? Yes. Yeah. So where, when I came up with the idea, I was actually still working at a retail job. So I was folding sweaters and I was like, I definitely don't want to be there. And through using law of attraction and applying myself and taking courses, I actually found a job that you know was okay. I liked it at a tech company, and I felt really grateful for them for all that I learned. But I was still working there while starting the blog, and it's funny because I was so afraid that they were going to find out about my blog and I was going to get fired. But once the community started to blow up, you know, it was out in the open. I got interviewed for the Globe and Mail, which is a big newspaper in Canada. <laughs> so everyone in my office knew, and I'm like, oh. And they kept me, they were supportive. And then eventually I started making enough money where I was able to leave that full-time job and go off on my own. So just hustling like crazy. (laughs) Right. So there's a lot of hustling. So just for those people who are thinking about leveraging their expertise and creating a community through blogging uh, or vlogging, some people call video blogs. What are just a couple things? This was, this is, I'm telling the audience, this is kind of off script for, for reason I were talking about something else, but I really think if you could share just a couple things to think about if you're kind of investigating the idea of a blog, what are just a couple things you would recommend? So they always say that the best businesses solve a really big problem, right? Like Uber, right? Solves the problem of transportation or, you know, PayPal, right? It's like taking payments online, huge problem we need to solve. And so when I was doing my interviews, my video blogs, and still to this day, when I write articles or do my own 
vlogs on YouTube, I'm always thinking about who is the person that I really want to help and how can a piece of information that I share with them today solve their problem and help them feel better and help them feel like what they want to accomplish is available to them. So I think that if you're just putting fluff out there, it's going to be, you know, they always say, is it a vitamin or is it a painkiller, right? If you're just putting out fluff because, oh, this would be la 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 fun or it will be easy for me to do. It's going to be a vitamin. People will take it when they remember. But if you're really solving someone's problem, the problem that they're going to bed at night stressed out about, you know, am I ever going to get the relationship of my dreams? Am I ever going to get to do what I love for a living? Or am I ever going to get my health back in shape? Whatever it is, when you're solving that problem that they really, really, really want help with, then you're the painkiller and they're going to make sure that they're consuming the content, subscribing, following, you know, whatever it is that you're looking for with your online community. Good. So be really intentional about the message that you bring and, and know your audience and what their pain points are so that you can help them resolve those pain. Perfect. Absolutely. And even when I put out free content, I never think of it as like, oh, this is free, so it doesn't have to be as good. Every single piece of content that I put out, I strive to create at least a small transformation. And what I find, now I have hundreds of people in my program, is that people said that they found me either on YouTube or Instagram, and they said to themselves, if I'm getting this much value from Reese for free... I can only imagine what I'm going to get when I start paying her. And I think that that's a really good thing for us to remember. If we're showing up, we want to add value because that's how you become so good that they can't ignore you. Absolutely. Every single, every single piece of content you put out represents your business. Everything you would like for whoever touches that content to be better by it. For even, even if it's in a small way. That is so important. So you went from um, being a, a blogger in your side hustle to, <laughs> you said it, it came to a place where you were able to leave the tech job that you had. And tell me a little bit about Yes Supply and what you have grown it into. Yeah. So again, it was all just figuring it out as I went. And so, you know, for somebody who's starting out and they're saying, I don't know, I don't have it all figured out yet. I don't know my exact path. Guess what? Nobody does. <laughs> Working at a tech company actually taught me a lot about that too, because in a tech company, you launch what's called your MVP, your minimum viable product, and you put it out into the market, you get feedback, and then you improve upon it, right? Think about Instagram. Instagram you used to just take pictures of your food. Now they got you know feedback from their community. Now there's search. Now there's hashtags. Now there's all these crazy filters. But if they had waited until they had all 395 features, however many they have, right. they wouldn't have launched and they wouldn't have had the millions and millions of people who use it. And so, yeah, I essentially started it off just as a blog to inspire people to say yes to themselves. And for me, saying yes to myself was being able to be creative and share my message. And so that's why I was blogging and making videos. I was having a lot of fun doing it. And the cherry on top was that people were like, this is transforming my life. And of course, it made sense because it was the same thought processes and mindset work that had transformed my life. And so people started to reach out either to ask me to coach them for mindset 
or they wanted to know how did I build this amazing online community. So I started to coach people on social media and building a blog and a little bit of SEO and, you know, just essentially what had worked for me mm-hmm. and how I went from, I was also somebody who was very shy. You might be surprised if you see me doing videos and stuff now, but I used to be somebody who speaking to more than two to three people at a time, like not even a huge group of 50, but like two to three people, I'd be shaking. And speaking in front of a big group made me feel like I was going to be sick. <laughs> it was not good. But because of all the mindset shifts that I learned and having a growth mindset over a fixed mindset, I recognized that anything was possible for me. And if I knew, or I knew that if it was possible for me, it was possible for anyone else. I don't have a business degree. I didn't have you know parents paying my way. I grew up in a single parent household. My mom was in an abusive household for a long time like me and her. And so if I could do it with the little amount of resources that I had, I knew that anybody could do it. So after working with a few clients and I was teaching a lot of them kind of like my scripts and my templates and my hacks and that kind of thing, what I started to find was what was holding them back wasn't the hacks and the marketing tools and and the software because I was telling them- You were giving them the tools, but the tools weren't going anywhere. Yeah. I I felt like instead of them being empowered, like, oh, I know what software to use. I'm just going to go do it. I felt like I had to drag them to the finish line. And I remember thinking like, it shouldn't be this hard. What am I missing? What am I missing? And now with the coaching tools that I have, so after that, I decided I'm going to become certified and I'm going to learn tools that actually help me empower my clients from the inside out. And now that I'm certified, what I found is I focus when I'm working with a client one-on-one, I focus on working on them, working on their identity, releasing the limiting beliefs and the negative emotions and everything like that in the first couple of sessions. Mm -hmm. Then we get into the hacks if we're going to talk about marketing and everything like that and business and money. And when you do it like that, when you focus on the person first and you focus on the identity first rather than the behaviors, what happens is they become empowered from the inside out. And rather than needing to drag them, they're literally showing up in this new identity of their empowered self saying, Hey Reese, I just thought of this idea for this thing I want to launch. I just, I'm, I spent all night putting this together. What do you think? Like it wasn't me dragging and telling right. them what to do. It was more, I, I essentially just showed them what was already inside them, showed them what they were mm-hmm. already capable of. And they just show, they just step right up. And then it makes your job as a coach even easier. Right. And then that really kind of goes from being a consultant in here, here's stuff that you have that you can use and to that self-determined, self-empowering change that our clients light up in. And then, yeah, then when the tools are available to them, they're motivated to use them. Absolutely. And you know, that was something I was confused about, to be honest, when I first started coaching. I didn't necessarily realize the difference between being a quote coach Mm -hmm. and being a consultant. So when I first got into this and I kind of looked at what everyone else is doing, I'm like, oh, I have to tell them what to do. And if they don't get results, it's all on me. And what I've now realized is no, 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 no. The very reason why your client is empowered to lose the weight or get in the relationship or get the business of their dreams or whatever, they are already capable. 
They already have everything they need to be successful within them. And they just need someone like you, their coach, to just show them what's already there. And the moment that they can see that, boom, they're on fire. Right. And then it just starts happening, which is so, and then opportunities and possibilities open up. It is so good. So when we were talking about the focus for our interview, because you bring such a, a skill set of so many different things that you've done. And as we were talking about training coaches and, and trying to get them to live into their space because it's within them, we both realized that people self-sabotage around the sale. That many times, and, and all of you who are listening, we know that you love doing the coaching. We know that you want to work with people to help them get empowered. And yet, when it comes to asking somebody to invest in partnering with you, what little voices come up inside of you? What chatter gets in the way? So Reese and I are going to talk about how to stay away from self-sabotage when you're thinking about the sale. Just to begin that, I mean, you've built an incredibly successful business. What, just when I kind of lay out the self-sabotage that happens around sale, what's the first thing that comes up for you? The first thing that comes up is the question we all need to ask ourselves, which is when do we decide selling was bad, right? Like if you go into a coffee shop because you want a latte, and the person sells you a $6 latte, which is way too much for a latte, let's be honest. Yeah. Are, but are you like, oh, how dare they? They just sold me. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? How so, dare they ask me what I want exactly. and, how, and how much it is? Yes. Exactly. And the very fact you're standing in the coffee shop means that you want it, right? Just like the very fact that your audience member is you know, following you in your audience or getting on a sales call with you or a clarity call with you, that means they need a solution. So I think one of the first things that we want to think about is the societal programming that's made us think that having a good amount of money to live off of and receiving for the value that we give to the world is a bad thing. And you know, it's important to think about like where did we learn that? And so I know for me, the very first example that I ever saw of a quote salesperson was I don't know if you've seen the movie Matilda. But in Matilda, yeah, yeah. but, and so because everything comes from ages zero to seven, right? That's when all of our programming is laid in. So when I think, why did I used to think that being salesy or selling was sleazy? And when I think back, the very first example I saw of a salesperson was the sleazy dad who was selling these cars that didn't actually work. And we need to think about how much programming has gone into our heads to make us think that people that sell are slimy, but I'm sure all of us can think of times where somebody has, quote, sold us something and we were so grateful. I'm so grateful that somebody made the laptop that I'm using right now so I can talk to you, right? right? Even if it was not, it's a MacBook Pro, it's not the cheapest laptop in the world, but I'm so grateful that I have one that I can depend on or your iPhone or, you know, any tool that or you Or the use. beautiful home that you're sitting in or the, exactly. you know, what when we have appliances that work so that we can cook meals or whatever it is. I mean, there, and we are, we're intentional about wanting those things. So what you're saying is if somebody is intentional, if they're reaching out to you, if, if they have a need that needs to be met and they're wanting your help in doing that, what mind shift needs to happen to go from, I really believe that I can help this person to, but I can't possibly ask them if they want to partner with me and what the price is for that. Yeah. And to be honest, when I first started, I had a lot of lower price point products. Mm-hmm. And when 
when I started charging more money for my group coaching programs or for my one-on-one coaching programs, the clients were a million times more invested because it wasn't just like a freebie download or $30. If it was an, if it's an insignificant investment, they're going to have insignificant results. It's not going to make a big dent in their life. But the things that I've invested $20,000 or $3,000 to work with a coach or join a mastermind, I remember that I signed up. I show up and I do the work. I download everything and read through everything, right? So it's a two-way street. If you as a coach know that what you do is important and life-changing, it's actually your duty to make sure that people are invested in the transformation. Because if you try to be everything to everyone and do everything for everyone, you're going to get so depleted, you won't have the energy that they're actually coming to you for. And also they will not be invested, right? Even sometimes when I have a student who's becoming a coach, you know, they ask, should I do a whole bunch of free sessions? I say no more than one or two, you know, just to get a little bit of practice and, you know, get some testimonials and everything like that. Because, you know, if you try to get somebody on a free three-month coaching program, maybe the first time they'll show up, but the second time, oh, I'm busy. I need to move this around. And at the end of the day, they're not going to be invested. So it has to be a two-way street. And that mm-hmm. investment is a sign of commitment. So good. You're, and, and I can tell you from now 35 years of working with people that consistently, I mean, occasionally I would have a pro bono therapy client or a pro bono coaching client who was really invested in the process because we talked about their, their need to be, inv- there was some kind of give and take to to get their investment as well. But in general, you're exactly right. Think about the programs that you're all investing in. When you lay your money on the line, just like Reese said, are you not that much more committed to doing whatever it is that the program's asking you to do? Because doggone it, you have put blood, sweat, and tears in that and that, you know, cold, hard money. And I can even think of right now as we're talking about this, I can think of some courses that I bought for $300 or $400 that I have never even looked at. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. But the ones that, again, I spent 10000 20000 30000 you better bet. I'm vlogging it every day. I'm showing up to all the calls. So it's so true. And then what ends up happening is that you get crazy, fantastic fans. Because if somebody's showing up every day and doing, they're putting their work in every day, they're going to get the transformation that they're looking for. And then they're like, oh my gosh, Reese Evans is the best ever because they have followed through with all those things. Somebody who's purchased a $200 program who never opened it might be like, I'm sure it was a good, but they're not going to be a raving fan because they don't even know. They might not have even opened it. Yeah. Look at giving someone the opportunity to invest as actually a gift or a service to them. Because for a long time, people are going to say to themselves, I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I can really do this. I don't know if it's going to work for me. When somebody makes an investment, they're saying, I commit to myself. I'm going to make this happen no matter what. And that alone is the biggest gift that you can give someone. And I'm sure you've seen this. I see this all the time where somebody signs up Mm-hmm. And the next day, a miracle happens. Or the same day, a miracle happens in their life. Right. And it's because of the focus shift and the energy shift that happens when they say, I'm doing this. This is how my life is going to be now. I'm making this work no matter what. And because of that, because of that energetic shift and because of the opportunity that they have now opened themselves up to seeing, 
it's now right in front of them. It might have been there all along, but only now they've actually opened them up to seeing what's right in front of them. Because the blinders might, because as we said, many times we're our own obstacle. So if we, if we do something to remove those blinders to open up possibility right there, just by making the commitment, yes, I'm going to do this, then suddenly different things become available. It's, it's really empowering and exciting and kind of gives us goosebumps, huh? A hundred percent. And the other thing that I think about, because we're talking about self-sabotage. So the first thing is, when did you decide selling is a bad thing in the first place? Because it's absolutely not. And the second big thing where I see entrepreneurs self-sabotage is that they haven't truly fallen in love with their product or service. So I can't tell you how many people I've worked with who, you know, I'll ask, what's your coaching program or what's your course? And the answer is something like, oh, well, I have it in a Google Doc somewhere and I might do a little bit of tapping and I might do a little bit of NLP and I might do a little bit of journaling, but I don't know. So like, is that convincing? You know, right? (laughs) have you thought it through? Do you really believe in it? Because in order for us to give an ideal client the belief that what we have really works, where are they going to get that belief from? We have to have it in ourselves. Everything is energy. And so allowing that ideal client or customer to have the belief in the program, we have to first have that in ourselves to transfer it to them. So one of the things that I always talk about is how we're actually selling every day. We don't realize it. So if you think about a book that you read that you love, you know, have you ever read a book and you're like, oh my God, this book is amazing. The writing is fantastic. It changed my life. You have to, you know, read chapter 13. I read it 500 times. You tell your friends about this book. Oh my God, this book is amazing. They go and buy it. You just sold something. For somebody else, but you sold something. Yes. You just sold something. It just wasn't for yourself. Or a movie. Oh my God, I watched this movie. The main actor, he's such a hunk. You know what I mean? (laughs) You have to go see it. It's only in box offices for another three weeks. Hopefully soon we'll be able to be able to go. Back to box offices. Yes. Yes, exactly. But anyway, and then your friends are like, oh my God, I need to go see this movie before, you know, it's on TV. I want to watch it in theaters. You just sold something. And so when you fall in love with your program, or your course, or your product or service, whatever it is, you can talk about it just like how you talked about that book, and you will not feel like you're selling. And that's what I've done with my programs. And I know that that's what you've done with yours as well. And that's why it feels so effortless, because you're like, oh my gosh, I put together this program, and I spent weeks on it, and I did my market research, and I and I practiced on this client and I got this testimonial and oh my God, it was fantastic. And like, it worked for me because X, X, X and Y. And people are like, this is um, amazing. Like, where's the buy button? Like, I just need to be a part of this, right? So it goes to being clear. So one of the things that I think shows up for coaches is when they're not, they have not done the work that you just talked about to get really clear about what is the transformation that working with me brings to a client. What is, and not necessarily to get your client all into, this is the process. First, we're going to do this. They want to know about the transformation. And you need to know though about your process and what it is that you're bringing for. What does your program offer? You know, one of the things that like every time I hear a coach say, well, I'm going to ask you questions and you're going to come up with your own. 
I don't know that that is motivating for a client doesn't necessarily need to know the process of coaching as much as what the transformation of the the process is going to bring. And therefore, all of you listening, you might have some work to do about what is it that you offer to your clients? What is that transformation? What is that program or that process that you can get super excited about? Totally. Don't get caught up in there's eight videos and there's six workbooks. Because if you think about it, have you ever bought a book because there's 350 pieces of paper in it? No, right? (laughs) You buy the book because, you know, you read the front cover and you're like, I want that. I want the relationship of my dreams. I want to make more money. I want to lose weight or, you know, whatever the outcome is. You buy the transformation. You don't buy 350 pieces of paper. You don't buy seven downloadable workbooks or 14 hours of coaching. Nobody actually wants 14 hours. Uh, they right. want transformation. That it's going to be. They want, you know, yeah. they want to know what is it that I'm going to walk away with at the end of this time. Yeah. Who am I going to be on the other side? Absolutely. You're so, so right. So good. So when we get caught in that mind chatter, that can happen. So, so let's kind of role play for a second. So we're, we're with somebody and we're talking about the transformation that they want in their life. How might you enter into the concept of inviting them to work with you? What are some of the things that you might say? Absolutely. That's such a great question. So for me, a big reason how I would get people on discovery calls or clarity calls and everything like that is through the free content. So it doesn't start on the sales call. It actually starts when they realize that you exist essentially, if they're scrolling through Instagram or YouTube or however, or see you at a live event, whatever it is, the transformation and them, you know, selling, I guess the selling process, I would say, starts when they know that you exist and they start to think to themselves, hmm, I think this person could help me. And think about that. If they're on a sales call with you right now or a clarity call with you right now, give yourself a huge pat on the back because they have already said, hmm, I think this person can help me, right? They're not on calls with people who they don't think can help them, right? Right. So you've already done a good job of showing that you're credible, that you are trustworthy, that you know your stuff and that you deliver great content or a great transformation already. So again, it starts with the content. They're creating content that solves a problem that they have. And you want to make sure it all lines up. So for example, if my main product or service I sold was about relationships, then I'm not spending my time doing free content on how to grow your Instagram. Because what I'm going to do is grow a community of people who want to learn how to grow their Instagram. And then they get on a call with me and I'm like, hey, want to get the man of your dreams? And they're like, no, I just care about Instagram. So make sure, ask yourself, is the type of person who would buy my product or service the type of person who would enjoy consuming this content that I put out? The answer is yes, you're on the right track. So, you know, you've done the work, you've been posting, you've invited someone to a clarity call. What I typically do on the clarity calls is I get to know the person. I hold space for the person because, you know, the sad thing and the reason also why it's so important that we have more and more coaches in this world, most people don't have somebody in their life to ask them, what are your goals? Yeah. What do you want to accomplish? How could your life look better? Have you thought about what nobody has that in your life? I remember I used to talk about goals and people would be like, oh, Reese, like, shut up with the goal. Like, they don't want to, <laughs> nobody wants to talk about it. I'm like, I have future five years, 10 years. Yeah. So, anyway, you giving them the opportunity to be like, what are your goals? What do you want to accomplish? If there's anything I could help you with, what would that be? And then also asking them, why are they stuck? 
what's slowing you down? What are you struggling with? What's getting in your way? And for different people, it's going to be different things. Mm -hmm. So already they're feeling so great because they finally have you on the phone with them being there for them. And then through this, you're also going to see an important thing to know about discovery calls is it's not just them interviewing you. It's you interviewing interviewing them. them. You make sure, do I want to work with this person for three months? You know, are they the right fit? Do I feel Mm -hmm. like I believe in them? If you don't believe in them, don't work with them because they're going to pick up on your energy, right? So Mm -hmm. these are all things that you should think about. And so if you get on the call, you find out what their goals are, what their pain points are, and you truly believe in them. And you're like, yes, I would love to work with this person. I can already see how I can help them transform. What I would typically do there is I would let them know, hey, look, it's been awesome chatting with you. I really believe in you and your goals. It really sounds like you can accomplish X, Y, Z as soon as we get rid of problem, 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 right? Mm -hmm. And I would ask them, I would invite, I would essentially invite them if I can sell to them. So I'd say, do you want me to show you how I can help you with that? Or do you want me to tell you how we can work together to accomplish this? And if we've done a good job, they'll say yes. If they say no, then you just say, okay, great meeting you. Bye. But 99% of the time they'll say yes. And then all I do is I guide them through my method, my transformational process, and I show them how it's going to help them get there. I show them how that limiting belief that they mentioned, the tools and techniques that I have are going to help them release that. Mm -hmm. And I tell them how that goal that they want to accomplish that they have talked about, but they've never set an action plan. I'll tell them how, you know, we're going to create an action plan to get there together. I'm going to be there for you. You know, you get X amount of video calls or X amount of voice notes or, you know, whatever. So it is like, you don't want to talk about the features, but you don't make the features the whole thing, right? Right, exactly. Calls with me and that's it, right? You, You show them how your techniques and everything like that are going to get them to that transformation. And that's essentially it. And what I would typically do, so now my business is a lot more automated, but when I was doing a lot more sales calls, I would typically actually sign up the client on the call because there's something called the law of diminishing intent. Whereas they're on the call and they're like, yes, I'm gung-ho. I'm going to do this. I can't wait to work with you, Reese. You're amazing. I, I feel amazing. Like everything's good. But then, you know, sometimes again, people sabotage themselves and they're like, oh, and now I have to ask for money. Oh no, heck, I can't do that. Right. right. So then it's like, you've got them all pumped up and ready to go. Yeah. And then if you don't ask for the because until somebody actually pays for your services, they're not a client. No, they haven't signed up yet. yet. Right. So, so what a lot of people will do, I, I could, again, I work with a lot of coaches, so I see this, is they're like, oh, they want to work with me? Okay, well, it was great chatting with you. I'm going to email you the details. Bye. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then what happens is, sometimes people sign up, of course, but right. there is this law of diminishing intent. And so... Everything in our life is an anchor, which anchor is, you know, part of neuro-linguistic programming. And essentially, we can anchor to certain things. So have you ever smelled a smell and it brings you back to when you were five years old? Oh, absolutely. Cooking with your grandma. Or heard a song and it takes you back to your vacation. So when this person's on the call with you and they believe in themselves for the first time in a long time and they're ready to go, that is the time to help them make that investment and give them an awesome after sale experience too. I'm really big on after sale. So after they buy, I'm not just like, okay, thanks for your money. Click. I'm actually like, okay, here's your welcome package. Here's this, here's that. I give them a great after sale uh, experience. But if you you know, hang up the phone and just send them the materials and don't even try to help them make that commitment on the call, they're going to go back to their old anchors and their old life. 
that sees them in the old version of themselves who has never invested in themselves. So they're going to go to their husband or wife or wait, who, who did you talk to? And they want to charge you what? And blah, blah, blah. and they're going to go to their old, you know, room with all their old memories of who they used to be or their old job with all the, oh, well, there is security here. And so, you know what I mean? So they're going back into those old anchors and our environment can anchor them to that old way of feeling their old habitual habit. And they're hiring a coach to get them into new habits. So I believe that the coaching, of course, like I said before, you don't want to be giving free coaching, but you showing up as a coach and a leader starts before the sale. It starts when they know that you exist and they know that you can help them. And then when you're on that call with them, coaching them to make the decision that they know that they're there to make, of course they have fear. Everybody has fear. I remember the first time I bought a few thousand dollar coaching program, my finger was shaking over the buy button. And now I look back and I am so grateful that I did because Mm -hmm. when I made that investment and I said, I don't know how the heck I'm going to pay for this because I did it on a credit card. They didn't have the money, but I said, but I am going to do this. And that's what happens when someone makes a big investment. They say, I don't know how the heck I'm going to make this work, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to make it work. And it's that intention that is going to set off the chain of events that's going to help them massively up level the rest of their life. And those are the kinds of thoughts that will empower you as the coach to remember when you are in that place of, oh my gosh, they want to work with me and now I need to discuss price. I need to ask them for the commitment. I need to ask them for their credit card or whatever it is that they're going to do. Think about the kinds of things Reese just laid out and the gift that you're offering rather than that this is a salesy kind of thing that you're doing. It is, I mean, and to your point, what makes sales negative anyway? But I mean that a slimy, maybe that it's a slimy thing. It's not a slimy thing. It's a, it's, it's an opportunity. A hundred percent. And you know, I used to work in retail and people would come in and drop $1,500 on a leather jacket. And you could tell it was the same customers that would come in week after week. And you could tell they don't need another leather jacket. They just got one last month. They are trying to fill a void. And so for us as coaches, we are helping them fill that void. You know, we are helping them become the person who doesn't need another freaking leather jacket because they're already happy with who they are. And so when you think about that, you realize that no matter what you charge, if you start charging $20,000 for your coaching program, that is insignificant to the amount of value that they're going to get. So, you know, just say you're a coach and you're helping somebody, you're a relationship coach, and this person has been self-sabotaging, getting into abusive relationships. Maybe one day they want to have a family and have babies, and but they keep, for some reason, they don't know why, but they keep sniffing out the, the worst types of people or people that, I don't want to say right. worse. But no, but yeah, the, not congruent for, for well, where they want to get. Yes. That's the word. So... there's a subconscious pattern happening there. That's why they keep going back into those old patterns. So think about this. If you're their relationship coach and you charge them $20,000, which you might be sitting here thinking $20,000, that's a crazy amount of money. But if you charge them $20,000 and they dump that person who's been hitting them, how priceless is that? If you charge them $20,000 and they finally get the confidence to, you know, be the person they know they deserve to be and ask for the raise at work so they have financial independence and they're not depending on somebody else anymore. How much is that worth? That raise alone could be $20,000. And if you charge them $20,000 and they finally get the confidence to, you know, go out to a bar or a nice restaurant or a networking 
situation and talk to somebody that they've always been afraid to go out and talk to someone and they meet their soulmate, how much is that worth? What if their soulmate's a millionaire? (laughs) (laughs) The icing on the cake. (laughs) And and what if, you know, they would have spent their whole time hiding inside, crossing their fingers that they got into a relationship. You help them take action. And because of that, they get married. They have, if they want kids, they have kids before their biological clock ticks, you know, all that stuff that people are afraid of. How much is that worth? $20,000 is nothing. Right. Pay that $20,000 over and over and over again. And when you get paid, you can invest in coaching certifications and courses in your energy in, you know, living the lifestyle that it is that you want. So you can empower and encourage other people to create the life that they want as well. So the best thing that you can do is be an example of what happens when good people get money. We have enough great, like bad people with money in the world. We need more empowered, beautiful people who are doing good things to have money. And that can only happen when you make the decision for yourself to ask for it. Oh, so good. Reese, thank you for bringing all that value forward. Time absolutely flew with you. And I just want everybody to think about the kinds of mindset things that that Reese shared with us today so that you are more willing to bring your gift forward and ask people what transformation they want in their lives that you can help them achieve. Reese, thank you for being a part of the show today. Thanks so much for having me, Meg. It's been a pleasure. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed and were challenged by some of the things that we talked about when it comes to mindset around selling, around engaging in a profitable business. I was so impressed with the way that Reese consistently puts out content to an audience that is drawn to her message and how she deals with that consistent message of the phenomena of saying no to ourselves. So I've really enjoyed my time with Reese. I hope you did as well. If you'd like to know more about Reese Evans or Yes Supply, be sure to check out the show notes for episode 189 at starcoachshow.com and all the links will be there. Be sure to come back next week as I am visiting with Patrick Frazier about helping small businesses thrive by challenging them to meet the seven principles of agile growth. So we're going to do a deep dive into these seven attributes or principles of agile growth. And it's a really great opportunity if you are a small business owner to think about how you're handling each one of these principles. And if you work with small business owners, this also gives you so much fuel and challenges your thinking about the way that businesses set themselves up to thrive or not. And we certainly want to partner with with organizations to thrive. If you're enjoying the show, I would so appreciate a rate and review at Apple Podcasts. I continue to be on my mission to hit 100 or more rates and reviews by episode 200, which happens to be coming up on August 26th. So really, it's right around the corner. 
There is a link to be able to access Apple Podcast Reviews at StarCoachShow.com, where it says, please rate the show. So I want you all to know that I hold you in my heart, in my desire for you to be able to bring your coaching forward. I think the world needs people to listen to one another, to attempt to see through other people's lenses and understand their world rather than just assuming that their model of the world is our model of the world. And that when we can embrace one another in more curiosity and understanding, the world would be a better place. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Be sure to come back next week. Bye-bye.